Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Sunday, June 14th, Flag Day to you and me here in the United States. We are featuring the second part of our interview with Mark Spindell, the founder and chief investment officer of Potomac River Capital. He is also the co-author of a book called The Myth of Independence, How Congress Governs the Federal Reserve. And for this part of our interview, Mark, let us focus on the Federal Reserve, which met this week and luckily didn't do anything because that would have meant a lot of extra reporting on my part. Interest rates are at zero. So here's the question that I have for you. How would you rate the Fed's performance during the pandemic? So I would give them maybe a solid gentleman's B. And I think they have rolled out a set of policies quickly. They have responded in ways that Congress designed. But I worry that we may be or we should be thinking about costs and consequences to a Fed that has completely intermediated uh, the market for credit. Explain that sentence, the Fed that has intermediated credit. Explain what that means to regular people. So the Fed has uh, you know, some extraordinary lending powers. And typically in normal times, it uh, sort of operates by lending money or taking money away, borrowing money back from the financial sector, from banks. That's by design. Uh, That was sort of back to the uh, nearly century plus uh, origins of the Federal Reserve. But in times of extreme panic, exigent circumstances, Uh, the Fed can lend money uh, much more directly to the public and private sector, to corporations, to municipalities, state and local governments. It is supposed to lend money with the expectation that it will get it back. Um, So it is not looking to take losses. Uh, The Fed is now looking to lend money to small, medium, uh, large corporations, the private sector. It's trying to roll out a municipal lending facility. So it is acting as really the banker uh, to all public and private borrowers in the United States. So a solid B, what would have given them an A in your mind? What could the Fed have done to give an A? So, uh, you know, one question is, was there an A to get? They really went significantly lower in the credit spectrum, lending to borrowers that are deemed in markets as high yield or junk issuers of credit. They haven't bought a lot of high-yield bonds, but they have bought some. Um, And I think it begs the question that really all throughout the last decade, kind of post-financial crisis, the Fed has talked about the level of borrowing in the private corporate sector as being too high. And we see this in a lot of their metrics. The Fed, as a result of uh, uh, laws after the financial crisis, releases a financial stability report. And in all of those reports, they've talked about the corporate sector as just being overly leveraged, borrowing too much. But I think it does set up the possibility that investors and borrowers will always feel that Jay Powell or the Federal Reserve has their back. And I think that can lead to some unhealthy decisions by by borrowers to take on too much credit. If you're warning about this thing and then you turn around and you actually say, 
okay, I warned you guys, but you don't let that industry just sort of implode on itself or make the people take the losses after taking those undue risks, then you're really like, what was your message to begin with? What was the point? And I think that's, you know, that's why I just, I can't see a grade higher than, uh, than the B I've given them because it just seems at odds with everything they've talked about in the more speculative sector of, of the bond market or the credit markets. Okay, let's move to um, the idea of negative interest rates. In some European nations, they have what's called negative interest rates. So number one, can you explain how that works? Like someone sent us an email and said, so wait a minute, I pay the bank to hold my money? What actually happens when a central bank of a country makes interest rates go negative? What's happening there, Mark? So let me confess, Jill. I find it really hard as well to get my head around what a negative interest rate really entails. You know, as you propose the question, what does it mean for the bank to put a negative interest rate on my deposit? The first thing that I would think about is why would I want to keep my money in the bank if the bank is going to charge me for that that service? The only way I figured that that like when it makes sense is that you're in a banana republic where you think that the state is going to come in and take your money. So if I'm in, let's just, I'm going to make this up. Uh, I'm in like some crazy period. It's Latin America, or maybe I'm Brazilian. I'm really scared of this maniac in charge. You know what I'll do? I'm going to put my money in this Swiss bank. I'm going to pay the bank to hold my money because I'm so scared that the state is going to somehow figure out how to grab my money otherwise. So that's the only time I think, okay, that's possible. Or maybe in a short-term basis, like I would pay someone to hold my money as long as I could guarantee that the money would be there, I, like a few pennies, just so I don't lose anything if the entire world was falling apart. What are the other instances where we think you would actually pay to keep that money in the bank? Well, one thing that the central bank or that negative interest rates are trying to stimulate is maybe you won't keep your money in the bank. And maybe you'll say that there's now this additional cost, this fee, this uh, this negative interest rate that I would have to pay. I better go out and spend that money or invest that money because there's something else that is going to give me a higher return. You know, when we think of it that way, that's the primary motive for central banks to entertain what you and I agree is this sort of weird idea that interest rates can be negative. We think of the world in a nominal space that if interest rates are, are negative, um, it's going to be costing me uh, something. But economists also think of the world in real terms, that there is inflation, uh, and it could very easily be the case that even interest rates at zero, uh, if inflation is running at one or 2%, there is a real negative interest rate that you're losing the purchasing value of that dollar by one or two pennies every year. And so in real space, we've had interest rates and continue to have interest rates that are below zero. I think the point of moving interest rates in a nominal world to negative is really to get investors, savers, consumers, households uh, to spend money uh, and not keep it in the bank. So in a way, the weirdness that we're describing is uh, is by design. They don't want you keeping that money in the bank. Right. They want you right. investing it and spending it. Okay. Then last question for you. Will the Federal Reserve, as it is currently constituted, 
move to negative interest rates, in your opinion, because you are an expert. You did write a book about the Federal Reserve. Do you think that that's a possibility, a probability? What, what do you think? I think there's a low chance that this Federal Reserve, in the, even in this environment, has any plans to move interest rates below zero. One of the things that we've just discussed is that it will put enormous pressure on banks. And I think uh, the structure of the Fed, the political design, sort of keeps the Federal Reserve and our financial sector really trying to work uh, in concert. And we don't seem at this moment, and more importantly, Jay Powell, uh, the chair of the Federal Reserve Board, has told us that that is not one of the tools that they plan to roll out or use. Okay. Before we let you go, Mark, what are other things the Fed could do if for some reason the economy sputters? Yesterday, you told us that the hole in the economy may be shallower than we think, but let's just, let's look ahead. Let's just say that things really do stagnate. What else could the Federal Reserve do? What is in its arsenal that is it would be likely to do if things do stagnate from here? The tools they have now are not great tools, but they could continue to use them a little more aggressively. Uh, So they could continue to buy, if not ramp up their willingness to lend money to the U.S. government. They could move to more aggressively purchase U.S. government bonds. The equity market has rallied so sharply over the last couple of months. We've seen an uptick in yields of risk-free investments, U.S. government bonds. The Fed could try to tamp down on that rise um, and increase, increase their purchases there. They could promise to keep interest rates low for even longer than we expect. We know interest rates are zero. They're going to continue to promise to keep rates uh, low, but they could make that promise even louder and bind themselves to, uh, to guiding interest rates uh, even, even lower. That could make it easier for the government to borrow, to issue debt. They could use, uh, the government could then use that money uh, for additional fiscal policy tools. So I wouldn't say that the Fed is out of ammunition to fight uh, another slowdown or a continued soft economy. But none of these tools are great. And as we were discussing with negative interest rates, there could be some unintended consequences of a larger balance sheet, of, uh, of compelling the, the federal government to borrow more, or just to keep interest rates low for even longer. Well, this has been very important for me because at least I have a better sense of the fact that although it's hard to explain negative interest rates for a mere mortal like moi, you also admitted to it, which makes me feel slightly better. Mark Spindell is the founder and chief investment officer of Potomac River Capital. His book, if you really want a deep dive, it's fantastic. And I actually read the whole thing, The Myth of Independence, How Congress Governs the Federal Reserve. He is my best friend. And I'm so thankful to have you in my life that you and your family are safe and that you get to explain all the hard concepts in the world of the economy so I don't have to. So, Mark, thank you for joining us today. You're very welcome, Jill. It's great to talk to you. All right. So, gang, it's Sunday. That means it's time for you to go outside, enjoy yourself, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your social distancing, do something nice for somebody else, lift somebody up, please. Maybe that lift would be you could go buy Mark Spindell's book and give it to somebody. What a great lift. The Myth of Independence. How... 
Congress governs the Federal Reserve. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we do answer your questions. We try to do that every single weekday. Send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Thank you.